0: Welcome to the K-State Center for Excellence in Dryland Agriculture podcast. Our research and extension efforts are directly tied to Western Kansas and dryland agriculture. For more information about dryland topics, including cover crops, weed science, forages, alternative crops, and wheat research, please visit ksu.edu forward slash dryland. Today we have with us Garong Zeng, a wheat breeder with Kansas State University. Grong has been with the KSU Ag Research Center in Hayes for more than 10 years. Grong's primary objective is to develop white and red hard winter wheats for western Kansas. Grong has successfully developed varieties such as Joe, Dallas, Western Star, Hamilton, and many others. Our topic today will be on how modern technology can help Grong with variety development, including genome selection and drone technology. Gron, thanks for coming today uh, and welcome to our podcast.
1: Good morning, Spencer. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. So, Gron, we're going to get started here. Um, today's topic is obviously um, wheat breeding, variety selection. So, can you give me an idea of how that process um, starts and ends, so to speak?
1: Yeah, but absolutely. And uh, historically, wheat breeding just like other breeding has take a long, long process. Cannot start from making the cross, select the p- uh, parents, and make a cross, and then we need uh, because the self-pollinated crop, we need to get, uh, get them be- at first a few years worth segregating, and then we need the uh, self self for a few years, and then. Once they are most part of homogeneous, kind of not segregating, then we start testing them in the field. So testing will also take several years, five to six years. So in total, will take about uh, ten years to release a new variety. So that's a long process. <laughs> yes,
0: it is. <laughs> right. So you know, it it took all this time to do that, and you know one of the things we're talking about today is modern technology. Does modern technology help you speed that process or help you uh, pick better varieties?
1: Yeah, it's uh, indeed it helps uh, something like uh, double haploid technology and also the the genomic selection and also now have the drone technology. So double haploid technology actually is kind of short in the beginning part kind of it, it only take one generation to get the uh, homogeneous uh, ho- homogeneous Homogeneous size and kind of not segregating, so uh, in uh, conventional will be take f- four five years, so it's shortened about two to three years. So, so then use that te- technology would be shortened about two to three years. So, about eight years we can release a new variety, if we're lucky enough. True. But uh, t- that technology also expensive. We cannot <laughs> afford it many DH lines. Right. And uh, and kind of $40, $50 per line. So it's very expensive. <laughs> sure
0: it is. So you mentioned uh, two other types of technology that can yeah. help speed this up. Genomic selection was one of them. Yeah. How does that work?
1: Genom- genomic selection actually is kind of genotyping part. Kind of basically we sequence each, each breeding lines. Then we got thousands of genetic markers for each line. And then kind of because the technology advancement, the sequencing can become cheaper. Now I think it's about $10 can sequence the one breeding line. Before, it's kind of $1,000 for sequencing one line. So, so now it's affordable. Our breeding pro- program can afford to kind of use this kind of technology. And uh, so once we got all the you know sequence that the whole that the whole genome of the breeding lines, we got thousands or thousands of markers. Then we have you know part of our you know we use uh, certain breeding lines that already have the you you know the phenotype data like yield or quality or some other um, traits data. Then then we use those as a training population you know they have the genotype data right and also has the phenotype data and then we we can use some uh, some model to figure out uh, you know the breeding value for each marker and then we also sequence those lines we haven't tested yet and then we know those marker right mark value, and then we plug into those untested mark uh, untested lines. so we can predict uh, those breeding value of those untested uh, lines. And then if accuracy is good, then basically theoretically, we can sequence like uh, untested lines, maybe thousands or thousands of lines then we can discard those, you know, we predict those uh, phenotypes and uh, discard those uh, very worst one. Then we select uh, some, you know, average or above average one put into the, the field. So basically kind of enlarge our kind of selection pool, right? And for now, if we don't have this technology, we only can... In because limited limited the field resource labor resource we can at the beginning only test about a 1, 1000 breeding lines and but now if we have this sequencing technology which is sequence select more lines at the beginning, maybe select two to three thousand lines and then sequence it, then predict those, the 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 breeding value of those two to three thousand lines, and then and discard once we get get the predicted value, we discard those worst one, and then pick the best, maybe one thousand put into the field. Wow. So we select the best of the best, right? So, the more
0: accurate, right? (laughs) Yeah. So. Wow, that is tremendous.
1: Yeah, but if we coupled with the uh, uh, with the DH technology, will be I mean, will be very fast, right? So that if basically we can, you know, because the DH technology can get uh, get uh, stabilized the breeding line at one generation, then we just uh, get those lines sequenced, right? So directly. And sequence those lines, and then select the best one put into the field, right. and then we maybe can skip the first. You know, at conventionally, will take like five, six years yield testing in the field, but because the sequence technology, and we are if we are comf, com you know, comfortable, uh, comfortable enough, we can just, uh, uh, skip two or three years field testing. We are maybe doing the last you know three years uh, advanced yield testing and then where well, we get uh, the breeding cycle shorter maybe you can shorten another 2 to 3 years so
0: right eventually <laughs> so maybe
1: only 5 to 6 years we can release a new variety absolutely yeah. and
0: and not only that but these newer varieties should be more advanced than 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 older varieties because of all the selection yeah. processes that you're able to do
1: yeah kind of like uh, increase the yield gain uh, every years gain right So before, like it would take ten years, can increase uh, maybe ten five percent yield. Right. But now only take five years to increase uh, (laughs) five percent or ten percent yield. So kind of. The yearly gain is much increased. Wow!
0: Seems like. So feeding the world for sure. <laughs> yeah, hope so. <laughs> yeah. So so, Grong, you know the last thing you mentioned was the drone technology. That's really interesting. So you you put a drone up in the air above yeah. these plots. Yeah. And and exactly how does that help you?
1: Uh, actually, kind of you know a lot of traits actually is if we just use our human eyes to rate is kind of not, uh, kind of, it's kind of subjective. very subjective and yeah. less accurate, and especially like uh, some trades, you even cannot, I mean, use human eye to rate like uh, drought tolerance. How do you, I mean, unless you get the yield eventually, and then you also, I mean, get the yield, and then you can get uh, some idea how and uh, how drought tolerance this line is. So, but to use the drone technology, I mean, uh, because uh, when you fly on the, uh, in, the, in the sky and then you have the thermal, uh, thermal sensor, some camera have the thermal sensor, and uh, the thermal sensor can can kind of get the, uh, the, the, the can- canopy temperature, right? The canopy temperature actually can indicate under the drought uh, condition, if the canopy temperature is lower, that means kind of the the plants can I think have enough uh, evaporation something they can get absorb more water from the soils, and then you can tell this is this line should be performed better in the drought uh, condition. Wow. And also, we have a handheld instrument to measure the canopy temperature. But it's just uh, too slow and also uh, only just, I mean, it's a very limited point to measure those temperature, right?
0: So by putting the drone up in the air, then Gorong, you're able to basically get a sample of all of them at the same time.
1: Almost the same time. If we just, uh, you know, use a human to walk through the field, it'll take, uh, you know, hours, hours of the, you know, labor to put on and then when you've you know the outside environment temperature is changing so right when you when the condition when you've you test the first plot will be totally different from when you test the maybe the 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 last plot so it's kind of it's not compared on the same base so what sure. not will not help a lot. So if we, with the drone, maybe 20 minutes, we can fly over thousands plots within very short time, right? So they are the conditions mostly are very kind of, you know, similar. Then we can p- compare plot you know, between the plots very easily. So that's kind of the kind of I'm very excited about that. So sure, because drought tolerance is very important in the western Kansas. Right. And uh, and also the drone can also doing other stuff like uh, doing the vegetation index, that kind of related to the yield, something like that. And also, also can if there's disease coming and uh, we can, we can use the drone to to. Take the image, and then we can figure out the vegetation index, and then also indicate the disease infection. You know, the the condition. You know, somehow if. Uh, some line has a lot of disease, then the vegetation index will be low, right? So don't have a lot of greenness. They already be taken over by the disease, and also we can also phenotype uh, those uh, at the beginning the ground cover, see how the the stand uh, the stand in the field for each line. So at the beginning, and also we can also uh, use the image to analyze actually the actually the plant height normally we use the we use the uh labor to match each <laughs> each plot walk through all, right. all over so it's it kind slow and so with the drone it can just fly a few times during the growing stages so well get the uh, get the uh, phenotypes and <laughs> figure out you know <laughs> so it it will help so
0: yeah that's amazing yeah. Well, Grant, we ask everybody that comes on this podcast this question. Um, you know, obviously you're a wheat breeder for Kansas State University, mm-hmm. and our primary focus area is this dry land area in western Kansas. You know, what specifically do you and your wheat breeding project do to really focus in on western Kansas and help the farmer?
1: Yeah, uh so we mainly focus on the western Kansas. We know Western Kansas is a dry land uh, you know, production system, so we, we focus on the drought tolerance. And uh drought tolerance is mostly we're focusing on and also we also focus on some, you know, disease that uh, our western Kansas particular have like the Wheat Streak mosaic virus. Right that virus don't have any chemical to to treat, so we have the, the very best uh, kind of measurement is to develop uh, disease uh, res- uh, resistant varieties, so we are working on that. So
0: That's great, and we appreciate all that you do mm-hmm. for so, our area.
1: No
0: problem. So in conclusion, I want to thank Gurong Zhang, um, appreciate your time. For more information on dryland research and extension topics, including dryland wheat research, please visit ksu.edu forward slash dryland. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe on your mobile device. Thank you and have a good day.